the hidden agenda in too much financial advice, why it is especially detrimental to women. We'll talk about it with Cameron Huddleston, author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Cameron Huddleston, author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, coming to you from Bowling Green, Kentucky. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like my friend Cameron. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own this episode of Money with Friends is brought to you by Tiller. Manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet with Tiller. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info, a free trial, and of course, to support the show, which is priceless, right? Cameron, I'm so sad. This is your final re quote, regular appearance on Money with Friends as a season four cast member. Thank you so much for being here and for being part of our community. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. I'm sad to go. Well, we're sad to see you go. What's your advice for next season's group? Oh, goodness. Um, my advice is to enjoy it while you have the chance, because this is a really cool opportunity to be on Money with Friends. I'm honored. Well, that's great advice. We're uh, we're going to miss you so much, but we'll definitely have you back on our alumni weeks. Um, speaking of advice, the story we're going to be talking about is about some advice that may have a hidden agenda. Let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the story. Hey, it's Paul from the Crazy Money Podcast. Pay ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. The headline is, This is the Hidden Agenda and Too Much Money Advice, and It's Detrimental to Women. Marie Buharin, a 32-year-old Boston-based hiring manager in the medical device industry, has felt firsthand how financial advisors and other financial industry professionals may discriminate against women. My husband and I work full-time as director-level professionals, and between the two of us, I primarily manage the finances in the home. I keep him aware of any conversations or happenings regarding our finances by CCing him on emails, and I've noticed a recurring theme. A response from the financial expert is directed to my husband rather than myself, says Buharin. This has happened in regards to home loans, taxes, bank accounts, and credit cards, and I have not seen the same thing happen to my husband. It's incredibly frustrating. She's far from the only woman to feel she's been treated unfairly by a financial advisor because of her gender. Indeed, a survey of more than 4,000 investors released Wednesday by Merrill Lynch Wealth Management reveals that nearly one in 10 women investors reported they had a negative experience with an advisor based on a gender stereotype compared to just 3% of men. And using eye tracking analysis, the report revealed that when a female and a male are meeting with an advisor... The advisor made eye contact with the man more than 60% of the time. One possible reason both men and women advisors more often assumed that at least for heterosexual couples, the man was the financial decision maker, the report revealed. And other research finds that many people still think men are the main financial providers in the household, despite the fact that one third of women are now the primary breadwinners. 
so they may be treating them with more respect. And no matter what a woman's marital status or sexual orientation is, there are plenty of stereotypes about men being better with money than women, despite research that women tend to be better investors than men. And men and women advisors assume that women in general were more risk averse, the Merrill report revealed. Whatever the reasons, one thing is clear. The time for wealth management to catch up to and fully address the financial experiences of women is overdue, says Andy Sieg, sorry, Andy, if I'm mispronouncing your name, head of Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, which is now offering diversity and inclusion training to its advisors. We asked experts how women can combat sexist treatment by financial advisors. And among the suggestions, ask questions before you hire an advisor, come in armed with knowledge, and don't be afraid to walk away. And if we have time, we'll circle back and give you more details of those. But I want to first get your two cents on this, Cameron. I feel fortunate. I don't feel like I've been in this situation myself where the you know, financial representative that we've spoken with has deferred to my husband. In fact, I remember when we were getting a home equity line of credit a couple of years ago, it was a woman who was meeting with us. And I know the article pointed out that both women and men are you know, guilty of showing bias toward the man, but the woman actually was, um, she was really impressed with my high credit score. And so <laughs> I felt like she kept deferring to me actually during the conversation, um, which was, was nice. But I do want to point out something that the article points out and it says, come in armed with knowledge. I think it's so important mm-hmm. for women to A, educate themselves about personal finance and B, not be afraid to speak up. I mean, if, if jump in, <laughs> I mean, I have no problems jumping in and, and taking over, which is probably a fault of mine. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more likely to maybe even cut off my husband and, and interrupt him, which I shouldn't do. I know, <laughs> I know it's a bad habit, but don't just sit back and let all the questions and comments be directed to your significant other pipe up and let that financial advisor, that, you know, salesperson, whomever know that you are playing a big part of this decision and a part of, you know, your family's finances. I think that's excellent advice. And it's also interesting though, that you are, um, the person that you were meeting with was a woman. And I think that speaks to the idea that it's important to have diversity, um, in it, both gender and of course, in terms of other things, race and, and sexual orientation in all of these organizations, because the women did not make those assumptions. And I'm not saying in no way would a man necessarily make those assumptions. We should not stereotype in either direction, but by having those diverse um, representations in a business, it can only help. Certainly. And, you know, I know certainly a lot of businesses are making an effort, but I will tell you as a personal finance journalist, who's been interviewing financial planners for nearly two decades, there are, there are a lot more men out there in the wealth management industry. I have to make a concerted effort to track down women financial advisors to interview for my articles and advisors, people who, you know, people of color so that I can get fair representation in my articles, but it is, it is dominated by men. I think it's interesting that you say that because I had the same experience when I was doing um, more full-time journalism that I would have to make a really big effort. I would get a list of experts that covered, for example, a certain stock, and there would be maybe two women on the list, and I would call them first. And very often, and this again is a generalization, there are exceptions, of course, but very often those women were so buried in work and not prioritizing 
publicizing how great they were and, and being available for the media, they were buried in their work. They would decline or not get back to me for a day or two. And in almost every case, the men would get back to me faster and would be willing to put their work aside or put it on somebody else, delegate it to take the spotlight, to grab the spotlight for themselves and to do the interview because it was a priority for them to promote themselves. So the women and minorities that are in these positions, I know we're a little off topic. I hope that they will prioritize promoting what they're doing so that people do see that representation when a journalist does call you. Um, But that said, I think it is interesting that had it been a man, we just don't know. And it is 60%. And while that is not as good as 50-50, it's not as outrageous as I think it might have been years ago. Years ago, it might have been 90%. We're looking at the man more. 60% is probably a big improvement. And it shows that I think we are making a lot of progress. Um, We did put this question out to our Instagram audience. Um, we phrased it a little bit differently, but we we said, have you ever felt that there was a hidden agenda in the financial advice you have received? Just to see that. I didn't want to put the gender lens on it. I wanted to just see what people said. Um, so what do you think was the answer? Again, the question was, have you ever felt there was a hidden agenda in the financial advice you have received? Yes or no? I would say the majority would say yes. Correct. 76% said yes. And then we also asked them to tell us about it. And just as an example, um, we had Dina saying free financial planner from fiance's work selling whole life and whole life can be very controversial, controversial. It can be the correct thing for some people, but because there's a big investment component in whole life beyond the basic insurance, it can be more costly. Any thoughts on that? That's exactly what I was thinking, that if people thought there was a hidden agenda, that hidden agenda would likely be a sales pitch. I think Mm -hmm. people might be reluctant to even meet with a financial planner or a wealth manager because they might be assuming that this person is trying to sell them something. And I think it's very important to point out that there are different types of financial advisors. If you are working with a fee-only financial planner, who is a fiduciary, they need to work in your best interest. And so their job is not to tell you something. If someone is commission-based, then yes, that person has a more vested interest in making money by selling something for which he or she can get a commission. So, you know, it's important to look for the right financial planner or advisor for your needs. And as that article points out too, if, if this financial planner isn't working for you, then it's okay to walk away. Find someone else. Absolutely. And to me, the red flag in this comment from Dina in our Instagram is free. Nothing is free, my friends, as our audience knows. When it's free, something else is going on. They're going to make money somewhere else. And they look, everyone has to earn a living. There's nothing wrong with earning a living. They just have to make sure to disclose to you how they are making that living. So if you're not paying a fee, you should ask them. How are you being paid? And frankly, even if you are paying a fee, there might be additional ways that they are getting paid. So always ask, what are all the ways that you are getting paid to work with me so that you know, and you might choose to work with them. You may not care. You may prefer that your fees be bundled in as a commission to them and you don't have the out-of-pocket hit. Some people prefer that, right, Cameron? Exactly. And like I said, you know, it's all, it's what you prefer and finding the right person for you and everyone's going to be different. Yeah. And we have some other comments here talking about the fact that, you know, when it's clear that they just want to make money off of you, you walk away. And, and I think that's also important to remember that you can walk away if something doesn't feel good. I don't know. Have you ever had that experience where something just doesn't seem right? 
with someone giving you, quote, financial advice? Yes. Yes, it does. And I would certainly say if someone is not willing to take the time to explain things to you, at least explain things to you in a language that you can understand as opposed to financial jargon that you haven't been educated in, if, if you ask them to explain it better and if they can't, walk away too. Maybe it's because they don't want to take the time to explain it to you or maybe they themselves don't really understand what they're saying or what they're trying to sell. I love that point that you just made because we assume if someone calls themselves a financial advisor, they really understand everything, but very often they could just be a salesperson. They've been told to sell something and they may understand it at the most basic level. But when you ask a deeper question, they may get stumped. And I've, I haven't seen this with financial planners, but Many, many years ago when I was a reporter with Dow Jones Newswires and I was having to call traders, bond traders, I remember a bond trader once saying something to me and I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, I don't know, but it sounds good. So you should use the quote. And so it's oh just my God, just, really? <laughs> yes, really. Yes, really. That's so bad. Yes. That's so bad. <laughs> Yes, really. So, you know, I was always taught, you know, as a journalist to, you know, make sure if you don't understand something, don't be afraid to ask the question. And so when I did and the, the guy I was trying to quote couldn't explain it either. I, yeah, that's I, never knew, I knew he was full of it. I knew it. That's never good. And, you know, you say something, you say financial planners. I mean, the truth is, so I'm a CFP, certified financial planner. That's a very specific thing. And people that are certified financial planners have ethical standards they have to abide by. We have continuing education. We've taken big tests. We've done training. Um, anyone, I believe, can just say, yeah, I'm a financial advisor. I don't know that that really carries any official weight. So ask them, are you, you know, what is your qualifications? Because there are other qualifications besides CFP. I don't want to say those are not also valid, but make sure they have some sort of qualification and then look them up. You can look them up in the database and make sure that they don't have any ethical violations and that they really are who they say they are and that they are, you know, all things are on track and good. They're in good standing with the group. Maybe you can find out a little bit about them. Do your research. Another thing in this article that um, that they say is that you should do a phone consultation maybe before you even go in. Now, we're at a time where you wouldn't even go in anyway. You're probably on a Zoom call. But in general, you know, before you commit to working with somebody, don't be afraid to screen them and to ask them for references and really know who you're getting into business with, because this is someone that is going to be handling your money. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong. You have to really trust this person. And so at least do everything you can to vet them in advance. Yes. And I would just add that if you're planning, if you are married, you have a significant other and you are planning on working with an advisor, you, the two of you need to agree beforehand. You need to play a role. Both of you need to play a role in this decision. Um, and both of you need to play a role in choosing and finding the right person for you. You just don't say, you know, spouse comes home one day and says, Hey, my buddy at the golf club said, you know, he's got a great financial advisor. We should go with him. Well, ask some questions. It's okay yes. to ask questions of your spouse too. Absolutely. And when you're in this meeting, if you feel they're ignoring your spouse, you can speak up and say, we make our decisions jointly. So don't forget. Anyway, um, this is a really good new thing we are doing. We are putting the links to these articles so you can read them in full because we don't have time to read them completely in our show. If you go to our 
YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for Money with Friends. We are going to now have, this is a new thing. We're going to have links to the articles that we have been speaking about right on our YouTube channel, right below where uh, the show is. So just look for the show, look below, you can see it. And then you can read the whole piece for yourself and you can still comment on it on our YouTube page. So go to Money with Friends on YouTube. Please subscribe and you can read the entire article. You can also, by the way, see the articles on our webpage, Money with Friends podcast.com. We are going to get to our takeaways in just a moment, but first let's just take a moment and talk about getting organized with our money here at money with friends. We love Tiller because Tiller helps us manage our money so much faster. They use spreadsheets that you can totally customize and you connect it to your banks. You do it once and you are all good to go. They don't make you compromise. I personally am not a spreadsheet person, but because these are customizable, I find they are wonderful. Tiller can make your life so much better because you don't have to be thinking about your finances, but you can see what's going on when you want to. They have automatic daily feeds of your spending, your balances, your transaction. You don't have to do data entry, lots of different account logins and so on. You just connect your banks once. You can see your transactions automatically updated each day. So you set it up once and then you don't have to do anything. And who loves not having to do anything? I love not having to do anything. Works for me, can probably work for you. Check it out. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF to get more information. You'll get a free trial. And of course, you will support the show. Again, it is tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Always be organized with your money. That's a great way to have more money, my friends. Thanks, guys. Cameron, what is your takeaway here? I agree 100% with this article. I think it is time for wealth management, the wealth management industry to catch up and give women equal treatment. And women, if you are working with a financial advisor who isn't giving you the respect you deserve, it's time to move on. Absolutely. Money talks and money can walk. I love that. And I also want to send a message to the men or the spouses, however your couple is, speak up for your other half, for your better half. Make sure they are included and make sure that they are also engaged because in order for the financial advisor to be addressing both of you, you both have to have done your homework. So if you have a spouse that is not that interested in your personal finances, don't you know? push them a little bit. Tell them, we're going to have this meeting. I want you to come and I expect that you participate because as you've pointed out so many times, Cameron, you never know when you're going to suddenly be the one in charge, even though you would prefer to have your spouse, your, your partner in charge. That's not always a choice. So it's important that we be proactive ourselves and we also push our, our loved ones to also understand what's going on. Cameron, what's going on right now is this has been your last show with us as a regular cast member for our season. We've loved having you. I have loved being on the show. And I will tell you, I'm glad that we're recording it this week instead of last Monday, because that's when my kids went back to school and they were going, they started virtual school. (gasps) And so, yeah, that was a, that was a challenging week. And so now we know what we're doing a little bit more. And hopefully my son has managed to get on to his class that's happening right now by himself. But, um, it's yeah, it's a good thing this that we're recording it this week instead of last week. <laughs> well, what's your advice for parents and for people working from home this fall with all of this? You know, it's not even new because we've been doing this since March as we settle in. Um, how do people keep up, especially, you know, financially, not letting those things slip through the cracks? It's hard. I think it's so important to recognize that you can't give 100% to everything. 
And, and you have to accept that because you, if you are upset because you're not giving 100% to your job and your kids and to whomever else needs your attention, it's just going to eat you alive. So you have to say, you know what? I'm doing the best I can right now. Create a schedule for yourself, your family, um, and have those to-do lists. But don't overwhelm yourself. Don't take on too much, which is what I did last week. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Took on too many too many writing assignments and, you know, with the kids starting school. And so it was overwhelming. And I learned my lesson. You know, I, I have to learn how to say no a little bit better. So don't be afraid well, to say no. <laughs> we're glad you said yes to us, though. This has been yes, so wonderful. Yes, Where can people course. stay in touch with you and be in touch with you and keep on top of all of your projects? So you can follow me on Instagram at Cameron K. Huddleston, and you can find me on my website, CameronHuddleston.com. We're going to miss you so much. You can also learn about Cameron um, on our website, um, which is MoneyWithFriends.com. And of course, follow her in all the places. Follow us on Instagram, especially at MoneyFriendsPod. That's also our handle on Twitter, at MoneyFriendsPod, where you can be part of all of our um, polls and quizzes and get a shout out in the show. And of course, on YouTube, just go to YouTube, search for Money With Friends, where we not only record these shows, but also we will now have the links to the articles that we talk about. And so you can follow up and read the articles um, and stay on top of things. And thank you so much, Cameron, for joining us. Of course I had fun. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow for tomorrow's show. Bye everyone. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.